The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us again today on this Tuesday morning as we take some time out of, God's, out of our day to be in God's Word. We hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a good week so far. And uh, we look forward just to a couple minutes as we study God's Word. We're in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. And inevitably, we're going to speak on a topic today that probably is one of the more, I don't know, it's not controversial as it really is just complicated. And so we're just going to focus our attention a couple verses today. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 12. What we, what we saw previous was Paul telling people things we need to stay away from to get out of our lives. Anytime you're going to grow in Christ, there's going to be some things that God's going to take away and some things he's going to ask you to put on. Now we have a list of things we're to put on. Take putting off the old man, putting on the new man. And this first one is absolutely necessary and uh, more necessary for us than anybody else individually, uh, but it's not always easy. So let's take a look at this. Verse 12, Colossians 3, verse 12. Paul tells, or the Lord tells us, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness or perfectness. So what we are seeing here is he's telling us to put on a compassionate heart. We're to move forward. You know, our natural tendency as, you know, you say as humans is whatever term you want to use, but our natural tendency is to be cold, is to be, our natural tendency is to see the negative. Our natural tendency is to see someone hurt me. I can't believe that people did this. And I'm not saying Christians, I'm saying as humans, or just our natural tendency. We're driven to it. We're, you know, it's just, it's, it's part of the flesh. And what Paul is saying, uh, as God is telling Paul to teach this church, he's saying that we are to put off these things, the things that divide us, the things that are divisive, the things that really distract us from following God. And we're to put on a whole different thing. Now, this we can only do through the power of God but it is something we need to do. We can't just go through life and, okay, God's going to force us to do this. These, really what you're seeing here are reactions to things. And so we are going to have to choose to say, in my life, I'm going to react. And I promise you this, that as we unpack these verses over the next couple of minutes, you're going to find the things we're going to talk about are not easy to do. In fact, not only easy to do, they're outside of the grace of God, humanly almost impossible to do. So please understand that this is something that requires the grace of God. It requires me growing in Christ, which requires me to, to be in the Word of God, be in prayer, be in church, be around the things that God has designed to strengthen me in these areas. And if I choose not to be, not to be in church, not to be in the Bible, not to be in the things that God is designed to help me to grow, then I will battle these things. So I hope I understand that part. So Colossians, again, let's, let's unpack these things. Verse 12, put on therefore as the elect of God, as those who are saved, holy and beloved. This is who we are, describes us. What do we do? Bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Simply put, he's told us to put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. All of those are wrapped up in the same thought. We are to be gracious and kind to other people. Please understand, compassion, we're going to be asked to put on compassion some people who deserve it and some people who are easy to get along with and then we're going to ask to be compassionate towards people who are not always that easy to get along with. Kindness. You know, I, I've stated this growing up or when my kids were growing up and I stated this and more than one occasion I think it's absolutely true. 
Um, you ever heard someone, you know, I say, have you been kind to them? Well, I wasn't mean to them. I, I didn't say anything cruel. There is a big difference between not being mean to somebody and being kind to somebody. So I'm not saying, okay, well, I didn't yell at them. I didn't say something mean. You know, I'm not saying that. I'm asking, have we been kind? Kindness is an action in and of itself. It's just not, well, I could have said a lot of really mean things and I didn't. Kindness is an action in and of itself. So what am I doing to be kind? Then he says to be in humility. Humility, placing other people's needs and thoughts and concerns above my own. Gentleness. If I have to talk to somebody and be, you know, tell them what I'm saying, I need to be gentle in this patience. I'm telling you, we could spend all day long on the aspect of patience. It is a gift from God. It is not natural. I could say because we're in the Northeast, but frankly, it doesn't matter. We're really not. We're just, we're not patient and post-COVID's made it even worse. We're to put these things on, strive to be compassionate, to be kind, to be humble, to be gentle, and to be patient. Let's go to verse 13. He says, how do we do this? Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. So forbearing one another, which means some people are going to say things, some people are going to do things, are going to be certain ways, and it's going to be hard. We're just going to really struggle. And in this situation, this context, he's going to say, forbearing people who have hurt you, who have harmed you. Now, he's talking about forgiveness here. When I mentioned at the beginning that well, this is a topic we're going to battle with, forgiveness is not easy. Uh, we can go back. Let me tell you one of the reasons it's not easy. When you go back and the thing you have to forgive, whether it's something that happened in your childhood, something that happened when you were a young adult, something that happened last week. Uh, forgiveness is complicated because when we forgive, first of all, um, we have to recognize that the hurt that was brought to us is valid. Forgive, we think sometimes if we forgive somebody, uh, well, we're acting like what happened really wasn't a big deal. It was a big deal. It was hurtful. It was hard. And it is something that is going to scar us and going to hurt us. Right? That's a fact. But when we give forgiveness, then what we do, we think is, well, if I forgive that person, then I'm acting like it never happened. Or I'm kind of giving them freedom to do it again. And they, you know, they owe me. They owe me something. I mean, they hurt me. So I'm going to read some experts from my commentaries. It's from a preacher by the name of Tony Evans. He's got a, some great stuff. And I want us to um, look at some thoughts here as he talks about the aspect of forgiveness that instead of rewriting it all and trying to figure it myself, if we could just give him the credit and read it to you. Here's the first thing he says. Some believe, some believers harbor unforgiveness and it results in a perpetual anger and bitterness. We harbor unforgiveness, refuse to give it, and it grows in more and more anger and bitterness. Why? Because as far as they're concerned, offenses committed against them linger like unpaid bills and they demand payment. So you catch this? He says, it's kind of like someone who owes me something, okay? like an unpaid bill. You can't just ignore it. You have to do it. So if someone's hurt me, it's like an unpaid bill. They owe me something. They have to come back and acknowledge they were wrong. They have to come back and ask forgiveness. They have to take personal responsibility. And because we think that way, we automatically assume that's the only, only answer. So we have a right to hold on to our unforgiveness simply because that person hasn't paid the bill. However, he says, they forget that our vertical relationship with God is linked to our horizontal relationship with one another. Simply put, if I am going to have a great relationship with God, then it demands that I forgive other people. If I don't forgive other people, then my relationship with God is halted. I actually can't have a sweet relationship with God if I won't forgive other people. You say, okay, as soon as they come back and ask me to forgive them, then I will. That's not anywhere. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand that there is a two-way street. You know, the gospel and all that says is God doesn't offer forgiveness for our sins. Well, doesn't offer reconciliation for our sins until we ask for it. So I understand that the whole process of reconciliation demands 
two-sidedness here. Let me read a little more what he says. Forgiveness does not mean approving or excusing evil. Rather, forgiveness means releasing people from obligations occurred by their wrongs against you. This may come in, in the form of unilateral forgiveness, that is, forgiving someone who has not asked for forgiveness. Or it may come in the form of transactional forgiveness, which involves the confession of the offender, his repentance, and ultimate reconciliation. So the, the second one he says there is, it could easily be looked at as, they have asked for forgiveness, I give forgiveness, there's reconciliation. That is the ultimate goal. And so that's why, and, and frankly, I think for most of us, that's a little easier. It's not always easy, but it's a little easier because that person has taken responsibility. They've acknowledged it. And shall we say they've paid that debt? They're not acting like it's no big deal. The other side is complicated because sometimes somebody may never ask for forgiveness. As a matter of fact, not only may someone never ask for forgiveness, they may actually blame you for what it is they did to hurt you. And they're going to sit back and say, we didn't do anything wrong. So you have two options there. I understand that full reconciliation demands that I, that, that, that someone confess. But what if they don't? Do you think then that means that I spend the rest of my life and I have a right biblically to unforgive? No, because if I won't forgive, the Bible says if I won't forgive my brothers, he won't forgive me my trespasses. It is unilateral. For me to have a sweet relationship with God, I must forgive others. Now, please remember, forgiveness is not like you said. It does not mean approving what they did was wrong. Forgiveness does not mean that I trust him. Right? And if that person is refusing to acknowledge wrong, forgiveness does not mean reconciliation. They, I will forgive somebody, and why? Because for me, because if I don't forgive, then I will ultimately grow in anger and bitterness. And then I can say, well, they did it, it's their fault. Again, why, why am I letting someone else who hurt me continue to affect me, affect me and my family, affect my relationships, affect my relationship with God? It's not worth it. So one of the things we see here is that forgiveness, I would state, is really ultimately less about the person who has hurt you, more about you, your health, health with other relationships and health with God. If you don't forgive others, that's going to linger into every relationship you have, and I promise you. And so I encourage you to say, as hard as this is, I have to, I have to give it to God. When Peter asked God, how often should I forgive somebody if they offend me? Seven times? And he's talking seven times a day, and that's the number of perfection. So there's a level of arrogance in Peter there, at least from my perspective. Jesus comes back and says 70 times seven. And one of the things you have to recognize in that passage is Jesus Never, you know, Peter never said, if they ask for forgiveness, if they trespass me, what do I do? You forgive them. What Jesus is saying is you just need to learn to forgive and move on. What does that mean? Does that mean forget? You can't forget. We're never going to forget. That means forgive and move forward. Now, in some occasions, you forgive, that person will acknowledge, and we'll be able to move in reconciliation. Some times it doesn't. Sometimes that means your relationship with that person, you still have one, but it's limited because they won't ever acknowledge personal responsibility. And by the way, when there's conflict, it always takes two. So if you're the person who wants to blame everybody else, please understand, conflicts takes two people. So if someone's come to you and you, it's your fault, you say, I didn't mean to do it. That doesn't mean anything. You might have. Why do I have to sit back and be right? Do I want to be right or do I want to have a good relationship with somebody? Please catch that. Do I want to be right or do I want to have reconciliation? You can't have both. You can't always be right and have reconciliation. The first thing, it's, he talks at the beginning of this, what? Humility. Humility is, so someone comes to me and says, you've really hurt me. I may have never intended it, but what am I gaining by holding on to it? Ask for forgiveness and move forward. Now, if somebody, let's just, let's just leave it there, if it is. You know, and by the way, you don't even always have to ask for forgiveness of what you've done. You know what? I never intended to do that. That's not really what I meant. I didn't even really do that. But if what I did hurt you, please forgive me. You're not even always. It just take, take the fact that all, being willing to, to make that reconciliation brings a healing, that being right never will. 
And let me encourage you to do that. Forgiveness is something. And why does he do it? He says in this passage, as God has forgiven us. And may we be willing to realize it's not because I owe God something. It's because I have been forgiven for sins that are unforgivable. And may I take what God has given me and try to share that with other people. Well, I went a little bit longer than I normally do today, but I do greatly appreciate your patience and the willingness to be part of this. I said at the beginning, this is one of the harder topics you're going to have. And no bit of explanation of why or what it does eliminates this because it's very emotional. But it is definitely growing in Christ. And may you pray today that God will give the ability to bring to offer forgiveness, whether they ask for it or not. Offer forgiveness to somebody who otherwise doesn't deserve it or otherwise may not ask. Reconciliation is what we're striving for so we can show Christ's love. Thanks again for joining us today on this Tuesday morning, giving me a chance to be part of your day. I hope this is a help. Uh, this one's a bit of a challenge, but it truly is a great uh, step in growing in Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope you join us again tomorrow.